two, one. Welcome to the Ecclesia Podcast. I hope everybody is having a great day out there today, and I want to get right into this new series that I'm going to be talking about, and it is called Broken Heroes. Now, when you think of a hero, what do you think of? Is it a big, strong guy that can take on anyone who gets in his way to protect others? Is it someone who has supernatural abilities that they use selflessly to help others? Or is it an ordinary person doing extraordinary things? Usually when we see a hero, we see them as someone who can do no wrong. They have a moral code and they don't break it. They rise above everyone else to save the day. Maybe our heroes are our parents, or a firefighter, or a policeman. Or maybe you're thinking of something else when you think of a hero. Maybe you're thinking of a superhero. Now my favorite superhero ever is Batman, and I've always loved the idea of someone who has no powers but still gives everything to his city. And he's able to stand next to people like Superman or Wonder Woman, or the Flash, people who are obviously more extraordinary than him, and yet he still finds a way to make himself just as important as them. Now I know what a lot of you are probably thinking, how do superheroes have to do anything with the Bible? And I'm going to be honest, in nowhere in the Bible is there a story about Batman, but there are stories through the Bible of heroes. There's some obvious ones, and ones that aren't so much obvious, but the one thing that almost all of them have in common is they've all fallen short of the glory of God. In some way, they are not perfect. And through this series, I'm going to be discussing those heroes, the ones that were not perfect, and yet still God was able to do incredible things through them. Now, the first person I'm going to be talking about is someone who actually would have looked like a hero. He was the guy that you would look at and say, yeah, I want him protecting me. And we can find him in Judges 13, 24. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him while he was in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtol. Now, Samson was not a regular person. I mean, he was really strong. And I mean, like, really, really strong. But as much of a hero that Samson looked like, he still had flaws about him. In Judges 14, it says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there was a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there any acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She is the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and his mother. As they approached the vineyards of Tinya, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, 
so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate it as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now we see a few things here that we need to keep in mind. First of all, we can see that Samson's kind of stuck up. He thinks very highly of himself, and he demands things from his parents. The next thing we see in the passage is he's really strong, and I mean so strong that he was able to tear a lion in half with his bare hands. Which leads me to my last point, and this is the important one. You see, Samson was a Nazarite of God from the womb all the way to his death. A Nazarite is someone who makes a special dedication of themselves to the Lord. And there was rules that they had to follow to keep that vow. You can read about it in number 6, 1 through 21, but what it is, essentially, was a person who made a vow not to drink wine or any other fermented drinks. Another part of it was they couldn't cut their hair during the vow. And they also could not go near anything dead. And the last two are the ones that I want to focus on today. You see, Samson knew these rules really well, and yet he still decided to kill the lion. And then he hid that so no one would know. And then he took the honey from the inside of the killed lion and ate it. Which, in my opinion, doesn't seem appetizing at all. But that's besides the point. The point is... Samson broke the vow of not touching anything dead. He decided to do it anyway. He broke that vow with God. Now, right after this, Samson got angry at the Philistines for cheating on a riddle that he had given them as a bet. And so he decided that he was going to just kill 30 of their men and then leave his wife for telling them the answer to the riddle. And we see over and over again in Samson's story of him using his strength to harm those who he thinks has wronged him. I mean, we see next he tied three, th yeah, 300 of the Philistine foxtails together and then lit them on fire and set them into their fields to burn all their crops. And then the Philistines responded by killing Samson's wife and family. So Samson wanted more revenge. And a side note to mention is that the Philistines were rulers over the Israelites at this time, and Samson's just making them angrier. And it seemed like nothing he did was enough for his revenge. It seemed like they just kept going back and forth. They would do something to Samson. Samson would do something to them. And it got so bad that the Philistines asked Samson's own people to turn him over. The Philistines went and camped in Judah spreading out near Lehi. The people of Judah asked, Why have you come to fight us? We have come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then three thousand men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Atom and said to Samson, Don't you realize the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? 
He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. They said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, Swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him, shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and the ropes of his arm and the ropes in his arms began became like charred flax. And the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, With a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. Now right about now, Samson has to be looking like a hero to the Israelites. You see, we read later on, right after this, that Samson went and led the the Israelites for 20 years protecting them. He saved the Israelites from the Philistines who had imprisoned them, and it seemed like all was good. I mean, Samson was protecting them. Everything was good. He is the hero. But that's not the end. You see, Samson had a weakness, and it's something that we'd seen before, and it was his love for the Philistine women. In Judges 16, it says, One day Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in and spent the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and laid in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying, At dawn we'll kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gates together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulder and carried them to the top of the hill that faced Hebron. See, Samson was not very careful. And he appeared that it didn't, he didn't have to be because he had his strength to protect him. But again, we're going to read on, eventually his weakness would catch up to him. Eventually the idea of doing whatever he wanted to and wanting the Philistine woman would catch up to him. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. The ruler of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. And time after time, Samson lied to Delilah about where his power came from. Some of the things that he told her was that seven bowstrings could take away his strength. And then he said new rope that had never been used could weaken him. And then he told her that it was definitely weaving seven braids into his hair. And after every time Samson told Delilah something, she tried to do it to him. And I mean, if I was Samson, I would really start thinking, should I really tell Delilah where my strength comes from? 
But eventually Samson told her that his hair is where his strength came from and it must not be cut. And of course, Delilah did this and Samson's strength was gone. And the Philistines captured him and poked out his eyes and put shackles on him. They put him on display and made fun of him. You see, Samson was an awful hero. While he looked like this heroic person that could save the day, he was actually just self-absorbed. And he cared more about women than he did with the vow he'd made with God. And again, he had to know that Delilah was going to cut his hair. And honestly, that's not where his strength came from anyway. The idea that he thought his strength came from his hair was a false statement. Yeah, that's where the covenant that he made with God came from. But God gave him his strength. And if we read in this passage, we can just lose that so quickly. We can hear about how he lost his strength when his hair was cut. And we think, yeah, his strength came from his hair, but that's not what it was. God took his strength away because he cut his hair. And we can see that in this next passage. While they were high in spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two center pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers of all the Philistines in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. You see, again, like I said, Samson's strength didn't come from his hair. Not cutting his hair was just a part of the covenant. And when Samson's hair was cut, the covenant was broken, so God took Samson's strength. But as we see here, God returned Samson's strength to finish the plan that he had for the Philistines. He returned Samson's strength so that he could end the Philistines once and for all. And here's what I want you to get from this. Samson looked like this great hero. He looked like he could do no wrong. He looked like he couldn't be beaten. And yet he still had weaknesses. He was still more concerned with himself than he was with what God wanted him to do. And when it finally broke him, when he finally couldn't take any more and everything had been taken away from him because he thought he was invincible and he realized he wasn't, 
he looked to God. And God gave him his strength back. And that's what I want you guys to get out of this. You may think you're really good at something. And you take it for granted. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's my speaking ability. I know I'm a fairly good speaker, but sometimes I forget that I still have to prepare. Sometimes I think, oh, my words will just get me through. I can just make something up on the spot. And I'll be honest, that has hurt me sometimes. I've gotten so confident in my ability to speak that I've forgotten that I still have to prepare just like everyone else. And maybe it's something different for you. Maybe it's sports. Maybe you think you don't have to practice because you're better than everyone else. Or maybe you think you're really smart so you don't have to study. But just like Samson thought, he was really strong so he didn't have to be careful. It can eventually hurt you. And again, I'm going to get into this, but when God gives you a gift, make sure you're using it for his glory. Don't use it for your own personal benefits because it just leaves you upset and angry when things don't go your way. When you say, I thought I was really good at this, but then you're not because you thought it would just be there. You see, we have to give our 100% when we're doing something for God. We have to put in all of our effort. And just like Samson, he wasn't doing that. But at the end of his story, he prayed to God and he gave it all to him. He asked God for his strength back, knowing this is not from anything I've done. This is from you. And God gave him his strength back. And that's how we need to view our talents. It's something from God. And if it's something from God, then we should use it to glorify his kingdom. We may have not made any Nazarite vow. But there's a vow that we made when we became Christians. And that was to expand the kingdom of God. That was to bring people to know Jesus more. And in order to do that, We need to take our gifts and use them. You see, God gives us gifts, and again, we can use them for our own personal benefits. Or we can thank God for giving them to us. And use them to do an incredible thing that he knows that we can do with his help. So that is what I want you guys to get out of Samson's story. There's a lot of other things that you could get out of it, but I think the most important thing when talking about Samson is that he was somebody who thought he could do anything. And he he turned into a broken hero. But that didn't matter. It didn't matter that he thought highly of himself and thought that everything he did was his own thing and had nothing to do with God. But I just want to encourage you guys, it's not too late to use your gifts for God. Just like Samson, it was never too late. God eventually was able to use him. Even when he was bound and shackled and couldn't see, God was able to use him. 
And that's what we need to remember when looking at Samson's story. That even if we're broken, even if we think, I'm, I thought I was too good, God doesn't want me now, I've, and everything's just coming crashing down, just remember, cry out to God and say, God, use my gifts to further your kingdom. This has been the Ecclesia Podcast. Signing off.